So, yeah, I guess uh, I'll just start off by asking you to uh, briefly introduce yourself and um, to talk about the group that you're a part of, the Audubon Society. Well, my name is Carol Quantock. I am the vice president of the Audubon Society of the Capital Region. It's a huge, huge area. And we have, well, we have a board of directors and we have lots of members and a good support uh, mechanism. We also do bird walks and have presentations on demand, basically. People will call or email and ask us to do presentations about bird identification, uh, which also includes uh, how to use binoculars, how to choose binoculars as well. And bird walks are the most fun. We've gone up to the grasslands in Washington County. We've gone out to Schoharie County. Uh, we're planning a Schoharie Eagle Trail for next spring as well. So we do a lot of things. Uh, we're not uh, huge like the Hudson Mohawk Bird Club, but we're there. And we're more than happy to answer questions and uh, listen to people and hold presentations on demand. The topic that I wanted to talk to you about today was bird collisions with windows and something that like homeowners could possibly do to help with this and just to kind of work on the overall issue because it does have such a big impact on birds. I had previously done an interview with the Albany Pine Bush and talked to them about light pollution in particular and that kind of impact that it has. So why does glass pose such a threat to birds? They don't get it. In other words, they have no concept of glass, just like uh, any any other mammal other than human beings does not have a concept of glass. So there are two things that happen here. The glass can either reflect what's on the outside, so it can reflect vegetation and trees, shrubs from the outside, or they can see right through it, which may think that they can fly right through it. They think it's a hole because they don't know. They don't have a clue. When glass was first invented, it was thick and fairly translucent because of that. They didn't have collisions because it didn't reflect and didn't uh, wasn't transparent, so they couldn't see through it. Sheet glass wasn't uh, in production until about 1902, but glass itself, clear glass, was, has been around since the early 17th century. So it's about the 16, early 1600s. So yeah, that's a long time. That's 400 and some odd years that uh, glass has been around and birds run into it. They don't understand it. They don't get it. And of course they don't. They're birds. You know, it's, it's just that they don't see it. So sometimes they bounce, but they don't necessarily survive. And a lot of times what happens is the bird will sustain internal injuries. People will think, oh, it just dazed itself. It's lying there. I'll put it in a little box and keep it warm and set it free. And I've done that myself in hopes that it survives. But many times the bird will suffer internal injuries and it will die later. And that's a tragedy because you don't know. We have no way of knowing. Frankly, there's a lot of research done on bird collisions, and the numbers are just astounding. First of all, if you think of the amount of glass panes out there in the world, it's just beyond comprehension. And the uh, estimates are anywhere from 100 million to 1 billion birds a year killed by window collisions. Some of that's caused by light pollution, and some of it is just by what we have in our homes. And that's where the homeowner can do something about it. There are several different uh, ranging in uh, levels of expense. There's bird tape. You can just put these little strips of tape down your window in a grid pattern. That's a little bit more expensive. 
then there's the really low tech stuff like tempera paint. This would be on the outside of the window, not on the inside. Uh, the tempera paint tends to break up the image. There are also another uh, great little thing. Uh, if you're familiar with the sides of buses and vans where the window is covered by this film and people can see out, there that is also available for windows. Although I would consider that more of a commercial product because uh, they say you can have anything printed on it. So, of course, if you're going to advertise your, you know, your company or whatever, and uh, also uh, make a string grid two inches by four inches, in other words, four across, two high, uh, not very, very few birds can fly through that, uh, and they wouldn't if they can see it. What we have done, and I have a big, huge sliding glass door. It's an eight-foot slider, so we leave the screen on one side, but we uh, made a frame out of uh, one-by-twos and then stretched a netting across it, and they bounce right off it, which is wonderful. That way, I don't have that big, huge plate glass sitting there waiting for somebody to run into it. It works really well. I've actually watched it in progress. It's fertile fly and bounce right off it. And that's great. And it's very low tech and it didn't cost us very much either, which is great. I think that that's the key here. A lot of homeowners are restricted by expenses, obviously. And you know, if you're paying a mortgage, you don't want to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars, but it's really important to keep the birds from flying into your windows. You know, they're endangered enough without us adding to the problem. I guess like a lot of these kind of changes that are made are some things that happen after the fact, but realizing that there's a problem. Is there anything that could be done like when you're like constructing a house or first considering glass options to like stop it before you're like realizing the problem? Well, yes, actually, there are companies out there that are developing glass, although that is more for the commercial buildings. There's etched glass as well. Many uh, people that are in the construction business are they're going to put in the cheapest things possible, you know, to sell. If you're custom building a home, yeah, that's that's a biggie. And there are a lot of construction companies, especially glass companies, that are finally getting with the program and you know, finally getting into more sustainable and more environmentally friendly options. And even though regular glass glass is the cheapest or the least expensive, responsible homeowners, uh, if you're building a house, you may as well ask for it, you know, have it have it installed or put the grid on right after or the paint or uh, film or whatever it is you're going to do right when your house is new rather than uh, waiting now, before you had mentioned when you see kind of a bird that's just hit a window and like you take take it in, put it in a box, what would you recommend doing if you well, come across a bird? Uh, what I do is I will immediately try to protect it. And that's really what you want to do because out where, well, I happen to live in a fairly rural area and uh, there are other animals out here. And it is pretty well documented that if a bird, if you leave a bird and it's still alive, it may not be for too much longer because there are predators out there, squirrels, other birds like blue jays. Blue jays are, they're bigger birds. They do attack other birds. It happens. It's nature. But um, chipmunks, red squirrels, foxes, um, any carnivore will come along and, and uh, take it up and becomes lunch. Um, so to try to prevent that, just put it in a place where it's protected away from that 
or if it's a larger bird and it just seems to sustain wing injury, call a wildlife rehabilitator. That's really, you know, if you think that it's going to last that long, and mostly they don't. Sometimes, sometimes they just fly away on their own and there's no way you're going to catch it. So I have done that. I've done it several times in the past, put it in a box, but not always. That's the little birds. So not always is that going to happen. That's uh, bigger birds like hawks and uh, they can uh, owls. They can sustain wing, uh, broken wings. And in that case, you definitely want to call a wildlife rehabilitator. You had spoken about changes made to the glass. Are there other changes that you could make in the area in order to prevent the, this kind of strike? Well, there's also another really low tech. If you have regular window blinds, you want to close them all the way because that will create a reflective surface on the other side so that you won't help anything. But if you leave them open just a little bit, it creates a horizontal stripe across and they will not fly into that because they'll recognize it as something they can't fly through. That's the biggest problem is they think it's something that they can fly into because they're seeking habitat. They're not going to recognize that that reflection is something they just flew out of. They think that's habitat and they're going to try to fly into that. You know, because they are natural creatures, they're uh, they're seeking food just like anybody else. There's been a lot of research done as to how far up and how far out you should have your feeders Um, you don't want your feeders within 10 feet because if there's something that scares the bird, it will take off and it'll, it'll achieve, uh, top flight uh, speed pretty fast. And that's usually when it'll 10 to 12 feet, it'll probably fly into your home a little bit out further than that is good. Put your feeders in places where the birds have a place to hide. Uh, within 10 feet of shrubs and trees and places where they can hide from predators. That's a that's really important to keep in mind. And that way they're not flying willy-nilly probably into your home trying to get away from a predator. Well, thank you for, um, for speaking to me today about this. And um, hopefully more people can be educated and this is something that could the numbers can lessen. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me here. And uh, Thank you for speaking with me. And if anybody has any questions, just contact the Audubon Society of the Capital Region. We do have a Facebook page and a uh, website, too.